Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network. Kevin Harrington, I know I probably don't need to introduce you, but I'm just going to kind of lay out some of the highlights and why I'm so excited you're on the show. You've been on Shark Tank 140 times. You're the king of the infomercials. Uh, you've done. I don't. How many infomercials have you produced or directed in your life? Well, it's over 500. It's probably closer to 700 nowadays. Um, uh, been been a lot. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing uh, that many. I mean, you've done uh, Tony Little. I, everybody in the country has seen at least one of your infomercials, and I don't even watch. I don't even stay up late, and somehow I I've watched. A thousand Tony Little infomercials <laughs> and Ginsu yeah. knives. What are some of the more well-known ones? Well, with Jack Lalane Juicer, Tony Little. We we we. There's one running right now called the New Wave Oven, which has been huge. It's done over 500 million. Of course, we did George Foreman. We did the the uh, a fishing lure called the Flying Lure. The Medicus Golf Club. So I think what I'm excited about in my career is I really covered every spectrum. Um, I, I did the, the first acne infomercial with, um, uh, with, with Pat Boone way back. That was back in the 80s. Then I did the food savers. I've done kitchen. I've done beauty. I've done fitness with Tony Little. The Jenners, uh, Kim Kardashian, Bruce Jenner, Kris Jenner, Kim Kardashian. I did Kathy Hilton, Paris Hilton, the whole uh, beauty line with the Hiltons. So wow. I've done beauty. Hardware, Billy Mays. I discovered Billy Mays in the early 80s. We did the dual saw, which is still running to this day. Fishing lures, the flying lure. So golf, fitness, fishing, beauty, housewares, hardware, crafts, you name it. I love it. It's been a great 30 years and, and still still running. And, and I, I have so many questions that I think the listeners will really benefit from. But the quest, first question I have is for you personally. Like, you must have seen many people rise up from nothing to creating a product and then making millions of dollars. Like, you've seen their lives change. Like, what, were some, yes. what, what are some examples, like, where you've just seen just incredible changes in, in people's lives? Well, I had a young kid that I hired. He was in his 20s uh, back and, you know, this was in the early 90s, and I'm, I'm running my Tony Little infomercials, and they're, they're booming. And Tony was getting a check for a million dollars a month, by the way. So he was the first, you know, one that had, I mean, I, I, not the first one whose life I changed, but he was the first fitness infomercial, and Tony made tens of millions of dollars. He was buying homes and real estate and, and you know, unbelievable things, and you know, antiques and art and all that kind of stuff fancy cars he's got a car collection um so so one of the guys that was running my media was a young kid his name was carl deichler carl's like hey 
Tony Little's great, but I got a better idea. I want to create a, something more along the lines of having a beach body. And so he started a company called Beach Body. Beach Body does over four hundred million dollars a year now. And so that was Carl Deichler. So and what's Carl, the difference between a beach body and what and the body Tony Little was sort of, you know, uh promoting? It Tony was it was more of a bodybuilder and not so much a beach body, but more of a bodybuilder body. So he wanted to go more mass market, more, you know, like Tony was a bodybuilder and he personally trained bodybuilders. Now it wasn't a bodybuilder program, but it was, it was, it was more geared towards, um, you know, a, a, a hardcore market, whereas beach body was more like the female market, you know? So now after that beach body did P90X, you know, so P90X was more the hardcore market. So he covered all the spectrums then afterwards also. But it's, it's amazing to see, you know, guys like Carl Deichler that have gone on now to make tens of millions of dollars, maybe even hundreds of millions. I don't know because I haven't seen his books and records. But Carl is an amazing success. And um, I, I think it's fantastic, uh, you know, what, what he's done with his company. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, from the, the Alex Langer who walked in my office, he had a three cent piece of plastic that he called the flying lure that, that became a number one fishing lure in the world. We sold 500 million pieces of the flying lure. Carl bought radio stations and boats and cars and homes. And, you know, he made tens of millions of dollars. It was an amazing, amazing success for the, for the, for the gentleman. So, 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 know, so this fishing lure, like, obviously it was a, a cheap item. Like what caught your eye? Like what, what, what did you like about it? What did you like about the guy? Like, how did you, how did you see, okay. what vision so, did you see as soon as he walked in the door? He walks in my door. He slaps this thing on my desk. He said, here's a fishing lure. So what's it cost to make that little piece of plastic? He said, three cents. I said, why is this different than any other lure in the market? He said, every other lure in the market hits the water, drops straight down. It's gravity. He said, I have reverse engineered mine to hit the water and swim away like a wounded fish. And so other lures, the fish hide where the sun is not. It's a hot, sunny day. Where are the fish hiding? Under the dock where the shade is. You cast the lure out in front of the dock, it drops straight down where it's sunny. The flying lure, you cast it where it's sunny, and it swims under the dock into the shade, catches all the fish. It's an amazing story, and it works like you wouldn't believe. So, so here's a three-cent item. It works, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, uh, I, can, I, could make, I could produce the infomercial for like $100,000 or less. Right. Uh, what, what, what goes through your mind then? So we, we put 75 grand into the show, but I said, I need testimonials. Do you have testimonials? He said, yeah, I do. I said, no, I don't need five. I don't need 10. I want a hundred. So what do you mean a hundred? I said, I want consumer testimonials. I want editorial testimonials from the fishing magazine. I want Bassmaster champions. I want, those are professional testimonials. There's five kinds of testimonials, consumer testimonials, professional testimonials, like professional fishermen. There's editorial testimonials from the magazines and the, and the fishing TV shows. Then there's celebrity testimonials. Then there's documentation testimonials. Five What's a documentation testimonial? Documentation are like product testing labs that can show how it swims and at what angles and that, yes, it hits water, it swims an average of 10, 12 feet uh, you know, forward. So 
So that's a documented like product testing lab. He, we ended up shooting 100 testimonials, 65 of them that made the cut in the 30-minute show. Mind-blowing success because of the testimonials. The lure is three cents. It's the story of the people that used it and how it changed their lives as fishermen that sold the product. Okay, so I, I have two questions about this. One is, uh, well, the first question is, when you're asking him for these testimonials, it's almost like a filter. Like, is he willing to go out and do the additional work required to prove to you that this is a sellable product? Do you use that as like a filter? Yes. Um, you know, it, you, 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 need, you, you need to make sure. I mean, look, I get, I've, I've taken over 50,000 pitches over the last, you know, 30 years. And, 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 and a bunch of those, uh, out of the 50,000, probably uh, more than half of that is in the last five years, okay? Because, mm -hmm. it, you, know, you know, I went on Shark Tank. I was getting literally hundreds of thousands of Google searches a week. And so mm -hmm. these people come through, they email, they call, they show up in my office. You know, I go to a conference. I, you know, I, it's like I, I would take 100 pitches in a day sometimes sitting at a, at a trade show. So, you know, bottom line is, is that it's, I have learned how to decipher what really works in, in a pitch. And, and I've actually created, you know, the 10 steps to creating a perfect pitch so you can get the shark to invest in your idea, your product. This is a very uh, critical part of, of my success is teaching other people how to leverage themselves. Okay. So how should people pitch you? What do you look for? I, I look for, you know, I, it, I could spend an hour on it, but they, number one, you have to get the attention of the person right up front. So I want some, something, I call it a tease, something attention getting right at the very front that, that, that grabs. And, and, it, and it's, so let's not talk about just me because I know what to look for, but other people that you're pitching, they're not as professional. I do this as my job. Okay. Other people don't know this. So you got to grab them. You got to like smack them upside the head. So if, if you watch any of my TV commercials, I have six seconds to grab your attention or you're off watching a movie or something else, making a sandwich. I'm on TV, right? So in six seconds, if I'm selling a cleaning product, you're going to see a guy eating a meatball sandwich with a big drop of sauce all over his beautiful $100 tie. Has this ever happened to you? And that's, and yes, it has. And by the way, I'm going to watch to see how they solve that problem. So show me a problem. Hit me upside the head, tease me. Now, the next couple steps, I call it a tease, please, and seize. The, you please from there by showing me the benefits, showing me magical transformations, showing me some testimonials, give me some proof that it works, the documentation I talked about. So, you know, this pleasing is very important. It's got to be real. It's got to be um, sincere and, and give me as many magical transformations as possible, right? So, What's a, ma what's a magical transformation? In, 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 in acne, it's pizza face to clear skin. In weight loss, it's 280 pounds to 120 pounds. It's, you know, show me somebody that was poor, now they're rich, okay? Magical transformation. If you watch The Biggest Loser, you see a magical transformation from week one to week 13 in that show. So I want to know that this product will change my life in a significant fashion.
Interesting. So, okay, so they come in the door, they're pitching you, they have, they, 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 they're willing to do the work. Uh, now you put in $75,000 to make a show. Yep. And then what do you do? Do you go buy media? Yeah, then we, so then the show's done. Um, we, um, we, we set up all the phone centers to take the calls. We set up a website that we hire a media agency. We, we send the tapes out to the, the TV stations and we do a media test. And based on the test, we test all different time periods. So the fishing show, by the way, on its first week didn't work. And, and the reason being is we, first of all, it was a geographical kind of a product. This fishing lure, we were buying in all across the country. And, um, and, and we found out that when we started targeting cities and then we started targeting time periods, it became a grand slam. So initially, buying L.A., New York, living on the coast, this wasn't a, an ocean fishing product. It was lakes. And so we had to come inside. We had to come into in, – there's a lot of states, by the way, with a lot of lakes. And, you know – Alabama and Georgia and, and, and Minnesota and Ohio and Florida and, you know, many, you know, probably 45 states out of the 50 that it'll work, but don't have the up. Many times when we test, we test New York, L.A., Chicago, boom. Okay. No, this test, we also, we, we, we test all different time periods, but it's more of a mail-oriented product. So it's not going to work on, on Wednesday at noon. It works late night. It works weekends. It works weekends mornings but not 10 o'clock in the morning like a kitchen show will it works real early because the fishermen are fishing at 10 o'clock in the morning so you need to do a scientific analysis of who is your customer and and how do you make this thing work so some companies would have dropped it and said this is a bomb we said no let's take it because as we analyzed the data on our national buys we found out there was pockets that it was streaming but it wasn't working in la and new york so once we did the analysis, then we went in, refocused it, and then it became the Grand Slam. By the way, we did $500 million in sales of a fishing lure, okay? Uh, so How much, you know, how much it, did you sell the fishing lure for, a three-cent fishing lure? We, we sold a 20-piece pack for 20 bucks, a buck a lure. So it was pretty good markup from three cents to a dollar. And what's the economics got, on that? So the, the, guy, the inventor, what does he get? The inventor, he got a buck an order a dollar on every one we sold. And so you got to understand a 20 piece lure set isn't just, you send them 20 lures in an envelope. They get a little tackle box, which is a piece of plastic box that costs about 60 cents. They get about 20 hooks. They get a, a, a fishing book. They're going to get, you know, the whole pack cost me about four bucks. Okay. And then I sell it for 20. There's 20 lures in there. So we sold 500 million lures, 25 million kits. The inventor makes $25 million, and, and the rest is history. It's, it's, it's a grand slam all the way across the board. And how much did the, the um, TV time cost? Like, Let's say it's a half-hour show. What, what, on average, would you pay for a half-hour? Um, it, it, it's across the board, but TV time runs anywhere from 30 to 50% of the cost of goods. Um, so, so what does that mean? Like, uh, uh, like let's say I'm, let's say I'm buying comedy central at four in the morning. Um, what, what would that if cost you, me? If, if, if you buy comedy central at four in the morning, that might cost you two grand. If you buy discovery channel at eight in the morning, that might cost you 30 grand. Okay. Uh, so 
it all depends on the network. Fox, you can buy Fox Business for, for 3000 but Fox National, where you're in all Fox affiliates, is 150 grand. So, wow. I mean, there's time periods all across the board. But let's just say that if you're spending five grand for a media buy, you're going to generate between ten and fifteen thousand dollars in credit card orders instantly. So, including so, your internet sales. So obviously, you're looking for things that are um, totally scalable and easy to make. So this fishing lure was no problem to make them, ship them, and so on. Um, you're looking for a guy who's going to go out there and get all the testimonials and put in put in a lot of the hard work. Uh, you're looking for things where. Obviously, it's incredibly useful. There's a sort of stigma associated with infomercials that a lot of these products, uh, you know, are somehow not high quality enough to be real big brand products. Although now you're seeing the big brands get into the infomercial business. Is that kind of crowding Absolutely. you out a little bit? You know, it's it's let's put it this way. It, you know, when when uh, Arm and Hammer bought OxyClean for three hundred and sixty five million dollars, um, they realized this was a huge industry and an industry um, that, that builds brands. So, you know, Arm & Hammer, they, they, they have been utilizing this industry for, for a number of years now. Um, you know, some of the, uh, I mean, look, you, you've got even, you know, uh, the Trojan uh, uh, companies, you know, uh, prophylactic companies using, you know, uh, spots and media in, in direct response, you know, uh, effectively. So across the board, You've got, you know, Procter & Gamble uses infomercials. General Motors has used infomercials. Branded companies are now utilizing infomercials because it, it's a direct, the, the marketplace has moved more towards seeing direct benefit from the advertising. This is one of the reasons why Facebook, they're having issues with some of their advertising because, hey, look, people don't want to just spend money on Facebook. They want to know that they're directly getting benefits. And so show me that it's that I'm getting a direct benefit and I'll buy some time. I'll buy right. So so this is where the internet is making you know more of these advertisers focused on showing benefit from the dollar spent. And do you feel composition from the internet? Like so now are people watching late night, you know, infomercials as much because, uh, as opposed to the internet? What's happening is this. It, there's a, a huge drop-off in t television viewership, and this is affecting the business in many ways, but um, there's two ways to look at it. So when I found out over the last five years that television viewing levels was dropping by, you know, 20-plus percent, but the rates are staying the same, this was a major problem, okay? So what's happening? They're going to their iPads, they're going to the Internet, they're going to their mobile phones. You know, Groupon does 72% of its sales on a mobile phone, all right? QVC does 30% of its sales on a mobile phone, okay? So what, you know, what, what is this doing? You, you can say, wow, you know, uh, as a marketer, I'm screwed. Okay, well, you know, what I said was as a marketer, I'm going to go partner with Sprint and form a joint venture to launch the first mobile shopping channel, which is what I'm doing. And it's called Star Shop. It's a celebrity-based mobile app that you're going to, in the first quarter of next year, you're going to be able to download. And now it'll be the first live shopping channel on a mobile phone with Sprint as my partner. So I don't say 
it, you know, hey, TV is, 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 is terrible. I'm out of business. I say they've moved from TV to mobile. So how do I partner with mobile to gain the, 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 the edge on the rest of my competitors? And by the way, I'm the only one launching a mobile shopping channel right now. There probably will be others after we launch. Um, but, it, you know, this is how entrepreneurs need to think. You always do what you've always done. You'll always get what you've always gotten. Okay, so you got to be thinking ahead of the game, and that's what I do as an entrepreneur in my industry. So, so okay, so let's say I'm an, uh, an inventor, but I'm sitting in my cubicle at my job where I'm unhappy, but I've invented some great new thing, like let's say uh, the new magical uh, toilet warmer or something like that. What's what's my next step if I don't have you behind my back? Okay, so if you know, there, there's two ways to launch a product. If, if you're an inventor, you can launch it yourself, um, or you can you can launch it either with mentors or partners or other people to help you do it and 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 partner with. Okay, if you launch it yourself. You got to go hire a lawyer to protect yourself across the board because you don't want to tell anybody what you're up to. So protect, you know, get trademarks, get, you know, get URLs, um, get patents wherever, wherever necessary. Okay. Then you need, if you're going to, if you're going to launch the product into the marketplace, you, you need to get manufacturing assistance. You got to get engineers. You got to get molds made. You got to get manufacturing. Um, you got to, you know, and so now that's second. So the first phase is the legal preparation phase. The second phase is 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 manufacturing phase. Then the third third phase is distribution phase. Where are you going to sell this? You're going to sell it to retail. You're going to sell it to the shopping channels. You're going to sell it to catalogs, or you're going to sell it direct on TV yourself with an infomercial. So, um, you know, be prepared to put up millions of dollars to do all that because now you need inventory. And if you're going to sell to Walmart. They order 100,000 pieces. If it costs you 10 bucks to make, you got to make 100,000 to 10 bucks. That's a million dollars. Ship it in and then wait 60 to 90 days to get paid. So, you know, be prepared to invest millions if you want to do it yourself. The other way is partner with somebody, whether it's me or somebody that's been in the business a while. We put up the money. We put up, we, we do the legal, we do the molding, we do the engineering, we do the manufacturing, we do all the connecting. And we, send, we sell it to the catalog companies, we sell it to the shopping channels, we sell it to the retail stores, and we put it on TV, sell it direct to the public. And we partner, we pay a big royalty. In many cases, like I said, the fishing lure guy, he made $25 bucks. What's so bad about that? Okay? So, you know, it, you, you got to be careful. Sometimes people think, oh, I need to own it all, I want to control it all, and they end up, over the next five years, selling 100,000 pieces and losing money. How about selling 25 million pieces and making a buck a piece? So <laughs> there's a big difference. Don't be afraid to partner with people that know what they're doing. Would, would you say that's a big source of failure for people is that they're kind of afraid to have, uh, you know, a small piece of 25 million as opposed to 100% of nothing? Yes, absolutely. Too I, many I kind of see that myself, that, yeah. that everybody is sort of greedy for the pie as opposed to making the pie bigger. Yes, absolutely. Um, the, um, um, it, you know, too many people, I mean, I've sat with people, I've, I've, I've sat with inventors and I said, look, I'll put up all the money, which is going to be millions, two to five million bucks, and I'll go 50-50 with you. 
And they're like, oh, you, you want half the profits? I'm like, okay, I'm done. Goodbye. Okay, because, listen, you know, go get $5 million, you know, and, and you're not going to end up with 50% if you try to raise money on your own. Because anybody that's going to, you know, you go to venture capitalists and vulture capitalists and all of that, yeah, they'll put up $5 million, you're going to own 5% of them. So, you know, it, it, you got to be careful how you do it. Don't be too greedy. Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And when I mean fold, I mean fold for a, a good deal with somebody that, that gives you an opportunity to make a lot of money. So so let's talk about folding them. So w- when has there been a case where you've put up, like uh, you've done the whole route, it looked like a great product to you, and then you you, you had to fail quickly or else lose millions more? Yeah, so Chubby Checker walked in my office one day you know, come on, baby, let's do the twist. And he said, Kevin, I've got a fitness product that's going to revolutionize America. You've done Bruce Jenner Fitness, Tony Little Fitness. You know, I've got the fun way to exercise. It's called the twist decisor. You're going to play music to your fitness and have fun while you're working out. And I put a half a million dollars up, and it was one of the biggest failures that I ever had. Um, we failed fast and, and, and not cheap, unfortunately. But we had to just move on, and we. the good news is we didn't get so close to it that we kept putting more and more money into the deal. So, it, what, um, if he changed, you know, what if he had changed his name just for the product, like Twist, Twisty Checker or something? Yeah. I said with a name like Chubby, we should have known that a fitness product was going to be a tough sell. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> so, that, that, that seems know, hard. It, you gotta, it's like that was one that we, we in hindsight, could have done a little more testing on before we launched. How important is the celebrity? Like, take a look at, like, the George Foreman grill. Clearly, it was George Foreman and not the grill that sold that. Mm. Actually, uh, I'll say this. It was a combination because he had a very good pitch. George loved cheeseburgers, but he got a little, you know, paunchy after boxing and, you know, his little belly, uh, you know, little belly there. and, And he's like, you know what? I got to get, you know, I got to, I want cheeseburgers, but I, I don't want all the fat in the cheeseburgers. So there was some very clever IP on the form, on the form of grill, intellectual property. It was a slanted grill. The grease dripped off and it was called the lean, mean grilling machine. So, so yes, it was George Foreman, but it was a, there was some good IP and a good story to the grill. So um, it was a combination, but I'll say this, sometimes a celebrity can sell a product that is not a great product and it's all the celebrity. Other times the product can be great. And if the celebrity isn't good, it, it, you know, it, it can bomb or if the celebrity isn't vested and, and sincere in his interest in the product. So there are, you know, a lot of different ways to look at, at, at different projects and, and trying to decipher whether it's the product or the celebrity. But I believe, having a good celebrity can be very powerful. So like take someone like a Kim Kardashian, she's sort of known for being, being a celebrity, but not much else. So how much, how much social proof is there in having her say, I love this product? Well, look, she's got, she's transcended into becoming a superstar. So, and that's um, true. And I I apologize for saying she's just a a celebrity because she has taken that and built a business out of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I did Kim's first infomercial, and it actually was reasonably successful, nothing to do with Kim. But 
um, it was a it was a it was a, a steam iron, believe it or not. And this is before she got hugely successful. But um, Kim today, because of the power of her social media, um, she has an influence factor. You know, she's got products like nail products and beauty products and things like that that have been okay in distribution because she has the ability with her muscle social media wise to, to, to drive some significant uh, action. Okay. So, um, but at the end of the day, she also, in some cases, isn't taken totally, you know, sincere on a lot of stuff because she has promoted a bunch of stuff. She had a diet product called Quick Trim. And if you look at Kim, she didn't, doesn't necessarily look like, you know, she's like very slim. Okay. So I don't think that product ended up doing real, real well. So you got to be careful, you know, what you're picking and, and how you're selling it for sure. Um, you know, so, I mean, I did a project with Joan Collins way back as a skincare product and it was a disaster because she didn't, she said, I'm not going to endorse this product. I'm like, what do you mean? We paid you 50 grand. She said, well, I'm just here to host the show. I'm not endorsing the product. And it, it was a terrible disaster for us. Hmm, hmm. I see. So you really need, so the, the testimonial aspect is really key on the celebrity side. Absolutely. Yes. So, so, you know, again, if I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm the individual inve investor, I have some idea. I decide, okay, Kevin says I should partner with somebody. Are there a lot of people I can go out to partner with? Like, how do I, um, how do I find, you know, the Kevins of the world, the Kevin Harringtons of the world? I just came from an, uh, from a conference in Vegas. It's called ERA, Electronic Retailing Association. And ERA is, um, it's, there's 5,000 people there from 100 countries. And this is the one place that you can get all the information, all the players, um, you, know, you know, literally, you know, like I said, thousands of people, um, distribution around the world. And I'm one, of, I'm one of the founders of ERA in 1990 with Greg Ranker. And um, it's without a doubt the place to go to find, you know, um, how to, you know, who to partner with, how to partner and all that kind of stuff. So I uh, highly recommend, you know, tuning into that. To, if, if you join ERA or you call ERA for information, they could kind of tie you into who are all the players and all the, the movers and the shakers. And, and how does kind of the infomercial approach compare to, let's say, the multi-level marketing approach? Well, multi-level marketing, if you take a product, you, you know, it's, you, you can sell a lot of product in multi-level marketing. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, it's not as, as TV branded. What's beautiful about the infomercial approach is that, I mean, Snuggy was a blanket with arms, okay? If you sold that in MLM, um, I don't see why or how you could have sold 25 million of them the way Snuggy did. The power of TV created a, a juggernaut marketing campaign that took that global and they were creating pub crawls and social media. And, and I mean, it was just unbelievable the power of that product. So, um, you know, I believe that you, that, that, that there's nothing more powerful than an infomercial. I mean, I've had campaigns. I was spending $1.5 million a week in media to, to, to sell those products on TV, but then building huge brands for the back end and retail uh, and all other forms of distribution. So uh, it's 
it's a it's a very powerful way to create the brand. So so, um, when you were on Shark Tank, would you be thinking to yourself, oh, before I invest in a product, this is something I can do an infomercial and really uh, blow out? Would that be sort of the structure of your deals on Shark Tank? Yeah, when I look for this, there's a couple things. Number one, the beauty of Shark Tank is you're on ABC Network, so you're instantly getting the the the, the power of ABC. Secondly, I'm saying how do I leverage that and and take the product to the, you know uh, you know utilizing the first ABC connection to now leverage that to other media and and other um, uh, you know uh, TV shows. Uh, on newspapers, magazines, etc. So I and then I would take a product from Shark Tank. I'd take it to a, a trade show. and say, as seen on Shark Tank, then we would get the interest level from all of the um, all of the, um, uh, the, the the retail stores. So you know, I, I took a product called City Kitty. We took it from Shark Tank into, into, into Good Morning America, the Today Show, the Wall Street Journal. Took it to the houseware show, got it into every Walgreens in America and NCAPs, and you know you leverage it. You, you, you take the Shark Tank chisel to the power of all the other uh, uh, possibilities uh, as the as the product in terms of press and media and exposure. And and you're you you would be different than let's say. Uh, other Shark Tank investors, like you could basically, it's not like you're just writing a check and then they go off. You're writing a check and then you're calling Walgreens and say, hey, can I have some shelf space? Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, just getting on Shark Tank doesn't guarantee you anything but a few initial orders. Um, the, the power of Shark Tank is, is leveraging that initial exposure to create a, you know, a, a multicasting of, of opportunities. Um, you know, to, you know, it's, it's Shark Tank is just one kind of flip, you know, bang, okay, great. I got on this show and I got, you know, my five minutes of fame, all right? If you don't leverage that, you're done. You know, I mean, yeah, you might get a few months out of it, but you need to get a couple of years out of it. And, and you know, three, four, five, six years. I mean, I, I've got products that uh, have, have, have lasted that long from, from the leverage. Now, so so after all these product launches and and obviously you've made a uh, a ton of money and you enjoy doing it, but uh, why do you keep doing it? Well, uh, that's what. Well, first of all, I, I I tried to retire a few years back and um, I sold a company and made a lot of money and then said, you know what, uh, let me try something else. There's nothing like the, the juice of of thinking of somebody that walks in your office with an idea or a product, slaps down a three-cent lure, and then going to sell $500 million worth of it over the next, you know, three to four years, okay? I mean, that's, there's, there's, there's a thrill and an excitement out of that, and it's not just, you know, even my own thrill and excitement. It's seeing these entrepreneurs, you know, get excited and watching them and helping them. And so I am, I, I'm, I'm all about empowering entrepreneurs and building, you know, big opportunities for other people now. I have a 26-year-old son that's now in the business. I've got a 16-year-old coming up that, you know, they all are tuning into the power of TV and the power of what I've been doing. So um, 
I love seeing, I mean, I, I, I probably speak somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 100 times a year now uh, around the world, Australia. I'm heading to London. I just got back from Australia. I was in New York and, and L.A. and San Francisco. I did 12 events in the last 16 days. And it's, 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 it's unbelievable to see that the opportunities that are out there. And I enjoy uh, seeing the gleam in the eye and then the satisfaction when we take something and make a big hit out of it. So um, at this stage, it's, it's just, you know, I can go out and play golf, which I enjoy doing also. But you've got to have something that, that charges uh, the battery every, every so often also. And that's why I love the business that I've been in for 30 years. Well, okay, so in 12 events in the past 16 days, that's that requires like an enormous amount of energy. Like I don't even like going, that means 12 airports in 16 days basically. Like how do you uh I I to be honest, I personally don't think I would have the energy to do that. And I'm a pretty energetic guy. I do lots of things. I don't think I would want to travel to like 16 different events. Like how do you uh or 12 different events? How do you You know, each one of them has a different kind of a style some of them are corporate you know like i go into corporations and i do i do uh, i create shark tank style events uh you know i went into a major corporation like at&t broke had 300 senior executives break them into teams of 30 teams of 10 and we and, and we take 30 pitches over the day and we come up with new ideas for at&t that's one style of event so that's cool i'm planting a seed building building a whole new business enterprise corporately. Then I do the Chamber of Commerce uh, kind of events, and I, and, I, and I do entrepreneurial organizations. Then I, then I do, um, you know, foreign venture type of events. So, so across the board, uh, and I'm also one of the founders of the Entrepreneurs Organization, so, so that's another style of event. So it's not, I'm not doing the same thing over and over and over. Each one has kind of a different kind of a, and not, different events, but probably five or six different styles of events. So, and by the way, I don't do that every month. This happened to be a, a very aggressive schedule, and it was like, you know, I just got on this roll, and I'm like, you know, one to the next to the next. So, I've got two weeks off now, and, you know, that's, you know, now I can rest and, and, and take it easy. So, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's sort of motivating and, and empowering in the process. You know, just as an aside, like, and thinking of George Foreman, it always strikes me as interesting, you know, 80% of people know George Foreman from boxing, say, and 20% say know him from the grill. But I would bet you most of his net worth, like 90% of his net worth, comes from the grill. And it's always interesting to me, at a certain point, nobody ever really knows where somebody really... People know what they did professionally, but nobody really knows where people made their money. Like, people know William Shatner from Star Trek, but they don't know he made his money on Priceline, as an example. And I wonder if that's true, or do you think that's true for, like, most sort of celebrity people out there? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, look, uh, George Foreman made $137 million on the grill. So um, he made money in boxing. But he made more money by far on the grill than he did for his entire career in boxing. So, um, you know, it, with, without a doubt, um, it's, you know, I mean, Priceline has made Shatner fortune. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it, but this is the thing. People's career, it isn't, you know, it, it isn't just about, you know, even myself. Like, um, I'm an infomercial guy, but, I, you know, I, I'm on the, I'm on, I'm involved in 20 plus companies. I sit on board of directors and I get stock options and stock and monthly fees. And, you know, there's, there's a guy named, have you ever heard of Gary Vinerchuk, um, Viner yeah. Media? Okay. Yeah, well, Gary, yeah, Gary he he's in, been on my podcast. Yes. So Gary sits, he sits, he gets involved with the Ubers of the world at the very beginning and he gets a little bit of stock. I think he made tens of millions of dollars on that. So people build their brand, they make money. You got to leverage yourself. And that's what entrepreneurship is all about. So um, I, I've got, uh, I've got to run in a minute here, but I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm really excited about having a chance to talk to your, all your folks here today. Um, you know, it's, there, there's some, just tremendous opportunities out there and i'm happy to have a chance to say hello to everybody well i'm I'm very excited you came on i do want to recommend people get your book act now how i turn ideas into the next million dollar product and is there any particular product that you're that's your favorite right now um right now oh that's a good question um i would say there's the um the new wave oven has been it's an infrared technology. It's, it's been around for a while, but it's getting, it's been so successful that it's kind of one of those, you know, one of those items. It's been, been, been a, just, you know, a two Korean uh, engineers that came up with this idea of putting an infrared technology into a cooking system. And, you know, this is hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, then that's, that's one of the big ones. There's also now a new vertical grill with the Ronco company that I'm involved with as a, as an investor. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's always hard to just say one, but let's, let's pick those two for now, the new wave oven and the Ronco vertical grill. How about that? I, I love it. And I love how these are just good traditional products as opposed to the latest Silicon Valley, like high flying valuations and so on. This good American entrepreneurialism. You got it. All right. Thanks well, a lot, thank you, Kevin. Man. I really appreciate I really you coming appreciate on the show. You bet, buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. For more from James, check out the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network at stansberryradio.com and get yourself on the free insiders list today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.